Flight 229, you're clear for takeoff. Just like a flight plan, you have to know where you're going and how you will get there when you plan for retirement. Let Ryan Fleming help you chart out a course for your retirement with his intimate knowledge of financial planning and the airline industry. It's time for the Pilot's Advisor. Hello and welcome once again to the Pilot's Advisor podcast. Walter Storholt here alongside Ryan Fleming of Fleming Financial Group, serving you, of course, worldwide. Since Ryan's flying all over the place, he can meet with you in the quote-unquote office, perhaps an airport near you, or if you ever happen to be in the Charleston, South Carolina area, that's the headquarters of the Fleming crew. You can come by and say hello anytime. Ryan, great to be with you today on the show. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Enjoying Charleston. Uh, however, I do want to put the blurb out there that the offices in China are currently closed right now. So oh, I will not be meeting with anybody in Shanghai, Guangzhou, or even Hong Kong because I'm trying to avoid that area with the whole coronavirus thing going on. So uh, yeah, don't ask to meet there. What's that been like for you as a pilot and, and those who you know and how you guys handle that? Because I think, you know, we, you know, as an everyday person, you see, I don't know, like I see, saw one video of a pilot in the cockpit. They take the shot from outside, but he's in the cockpit and he's in like the head to toe full suit, you know, bubble thing as he's flying passengers <laughs> or all that picture. Yeah. I mean, what is, are you, and you know, everybody freaks out like, oh my gosh, what is that like for you guys? I mean, is that concerning? to to worry about even if it's not coronavirus just like if you've got sick passengers or i don't know something like that that you're care hazardous material that you're transporting does it make the flight a little bit harder or make you guys you know think a little bit more carefully or think a little bit more about what's going on you know i think it's different with everybody i mean one of the things that with what i do that i do appreciate is since i fly boxes around i'm a little bit more away from all the people and all the germs and everything of a normal airport Unless, you know, we're on a deadhead ticket where the company basically flies us commercially on, you know, said airline to be at a certain place to pick up a jet. But uh, even even with this whole coronavirus thing going on, it's so funny because some guys are like, I'm not going to Asia, not going to work. I'm staying away from it 100%. And then other pilots on the blurbs are, they're like, hey, I'm ready to get paid time and a half. I'm going to China. I'm going wherever they need me. This will be great. Yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah, guess just, it's just how much you're, the money. Yeah. how much you you fear certain things versus uh, you know kind of have that bulletproof mentality. But it's not going to happen to me, and that's um, very interesting to to watch that play out for sure, and very sad for those who are affected by it. But yeah, it's the uh, the name certainly of the coronavirus has been pretty uh, ripe for jokes for many people. It's not been helpful to those who are trying to take the matter more seriously. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, I have seen a few things about the corona, and yeah, yeah. Well, and, and they just announced that United Airlines and American Airlines are going to stop or cut back almost all their flights to to China starting now and into next month, which will be very interesting to see how how that all plays out. You know, a lot of it's because lack of demand, but also protecting you know passengers and our and our country from you know getting people coming back this way with the uh, with the virus. The problem is thinking about it from a perspective as a package carrier, FedEx, UPS, you know, the boxes still need to move back and forth. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out on our side of the, the table. 
Yeah, folks, the the pilots will still need to fly the planes in there to pick up those items and transport them back out, even if you're not carrying a lot of passengers with you. So it is um, definitely very interesting. Uh, our hopes certainly for the best of resolving that. And uh, hopefully the spread does stop relatively soon on uh, the virus and it, it doesn't become one of these, uh, you know, big big time global situations that we've seen, uh, you know, throughout history. Hopefully we can contain it a little bit better. Uh, this time around. Well, uh, I know that on today's show, we want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, folks who are maybe having to work beyond 65. What is indeed the retirement age, not only in the United States, but across the world? How do others view the retirement age as sort of the, you know, the standard marker for folks who have been working their whole lives? Uh, What is the data show? We're going to take a look at, at that a little bit later on. I said, I think it's an interesting dynamic right now. What's going on? You know, pensions are going away. It's being turned on the individual investor to to plan for their retirement and make sure they have enough saved. The full retirement age for Social Security keeps getting bumped up. You know, sixty five to sixty six to sixty seven even, and the benefits are going to get pulled back even more. So, I want to kind of hijack the show and turn this on Walter and ask a question. So. With all these changes that we know are going on and you see these older uh, people that are already retired, maybe doing Uber or some other job that's out there just to sustain life or maybe have an extra, a little bit of extra spending cash. Walter, I wanted to ask you if you've seen this in your day-to-day life or if you know somebody that is past retirement age that's still working, uh, maybe because they have to or, or maybe just it's uh, something for them to do. Yeah, I think that we definitely uh, probably have a, a few folks, you know, I, I think my grandparents are old enough to where, you know, going back to work wouldn't be a, a consideration for them. And they did a great job planning for retirement. And so they're, they're still in their late 80s, you know, living their best lives at this point. Um, w- one set of grandparents, in fact, they are out in Arizona right now. They live in Maine and they still did their cross country trip for a couple of months to be snowbirds out in Arizona. So uh, we're actually planning to hop out and go see them and visit them. Uh, a little bit later on this spring. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, First time seeing the Grand Canyon and going out to the Arizona Southwest Territory for us. So that's going to be a neat trip. But um, yeah, you know, my... um I've got some aunts and uncles who also just recently retired, but they did a great job of saving. I don't think they're going to have to go back to work. You know, my my own folks, not to throw them under the bus, but they are approaching retirement. So they are now just getting ready to pull that trigger probably here in the near future. And I've definitely heard some comments from them before of, I won't say that they're like, I'm never going to retire. I'm never going to be able to, I'm going to have to keep working the rest of my life or go back to work. There's no way we're going to be able to pull it off, but there's definitely a lack of confidence because maybe they haven't gotten a great plan in place. They've just been working and saving, working and saving, and they haven't quite turned their attention to, okay, well now what do we do? So I don't have anybody personally in my life that's had to like go back to work. uh, But I know that it's a concern among those who have just recently retired and haven't put together a, uh, a good plan yet. Yeah, and I think it's much more difficult now um, than it was before because you can't just work at that job for 30 years and, and expect to walk out and have a inflation-adjusted pension that you just live off of and you know base your budget off of that. And it's, it's really sad because I think the numbers were like 70 to 75% of Americans have less than $10,000 saved for retirement. 
that number it just crushes me and it's so scary yeah you can't do much with ten thousand dollars for a very long period of time so that's definitely not going to get the job done um i mean what circumstances lead to that what leads to you know like my aunt and uncle recently retiring and feeling you know really comfortable with their situation what they've done versus somebody who's maybe approaching retirement or uh, recently retired and they now are already like oh i may have to go back to work i mean what circumstances lead to that big difference well, I, th- I think there's a couple things. I think there's a lot of individuals out there where it's like, oh, well, I got this credit card bill, so I'll start tomorrow. I'll start saving tomorrow versus setting it up and paying yourself first and being disciplined over the course of a long period of time. Um, you know, there's always something that comes up that prevents them from putting that money away. And then also, you know, when you truly know the numbers of how much money you need to put away, it is overwhelming. It is absolutely overwhelming. And, and most Americans have no clue how much they have to save. Based on the 4% rule, you need a million dollars saved to only spit out $40,000 of retirement income to last you over you know, a 20 to 30 year retirement. And that number is huge. And when I tell clients that, they're blown away by that $1 million. So you know, the average individual that might, you know, live off of sixty to eighty thousand dollars a year, you almost you you need two million dollars saved. And and the reality is not many people are getting anywhere close to that. So that's if you're following sort of the old school line of thinking, the the old four percent rule, right? Well, even then that you know, that's the safe uh retirement or percentage number that you can pull off of that principal amount and not run out of money in retirement over 30 years. That's the safe number. And of course, you know, you adjust it month to month, year to year, depending on what the market's doing, but that's the safe number. And, you know, most strategists or academic people today say that might even be too high of a number just because of the way the economy is changing. And, and that, that makes it even more scary. And those aren't adjusted for inflation at all. That's uh, so. That's becoming the two percent rule, or the uh, the three percent rule, maybe at best. Not no longer the four percent rule, right? Well, exactly, and I think that's why, if you're able, you know, the facts are that people are actually living longer today than they ever have. So that longevity risk of not having enough money in retirement is a bigger and bigger factor. And so, if you are able to push off Social Security a little bit longer, you know, and get, you know, every year you put it off from full retirement age, you actually get in. 8% bump in what you get in return. But the big factor with Social Security is it is actually inflation adjusted. So as a, the consumer price index increases, they actually bump up your Social Security. Whereas, you know, you don't have that bump in any money that you did have saved. So it sounds like little things that, you know, a lot of people don't think about, but it becomes a huge factor when you are in your 80s and you're running out of money, but going back to work is not an option. Well, do you have any stories, Ryan, of folks that you've met with over the years who kind of were in that situation maybe where they were nervous about their plan now that they'd been retired or they were worried they were going to have to go back to work and they came in to meet with you and and you looked at the plan and kind of your big takeaway was, man, if only you'd come in sooner, we could have done something about this. Have you seen procrastination really bite somebody like that? I see it all the time. Um, Thankfully, a lot of the pilots you know, in the industry that we're in, uh, especially FedEx, UPS, they have a, a pension. And then even, you know, some of the other legacy carriers, Delta, United, Southwest, you know, they're automatically dumping 15 to 18% of whatever you make into a 401k B fund for you. So the airline industry is actually doing an amazing job of forcing people to kind of save for retirement, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then sadly, you know, pilots just don't live as long as, as other individuals out there. There's a lot of 
a lot of studies on that. And unfortunately, we're, our track record isn't very well. So longevity risk for us as individuals might not be such a big factor, but we do need to, you know, think about our loved ones, our, our you know, significant others and our children. Um, but outside the airline industry, I, I see it all the time. And it's such a sad conversation, but the numbers just don't work. And, you know, it's going to be a drastic difference in quality of life in retirement, or you just need to, hey, I'm ready to retire at 60, but it's not a reality. You're going to have to keep working or, you know, keep that second job that you had. You might be able to re- retire from the first job, but we they call them a bridge job, a bridge to retirement. And it's a, a big, big factor. As a matter of fact, I uh, just finished another certification and the CRPC, which is a Chartered Retirement Planning Counselor. And we have a whole course on the new age retirement scenario. And it talks about how, you know, all these seniors that are unable to retire are either, you know, doing a bridge job into retirement or they just can't retire because of not having enough funds. That's uh, fantastic that uh, you completed another uh, certification to kind of add to the tool belt of the ways that you help people uh, get ready to get to and all the way through their retirement years, Ryan, and glad to hear that. I do have a pilot-specific question. If a pilot does need to go back to work, how hard is it in the the flying industry to get back into work? Because some industries, it's really, really tough. Once you pull that lever and go into retirement, hard to get your old job back or your, you know, your old status back. But what about pilots? Can they get back to where they were you know, at the end of their working life? Or is it just like everybody else and you kind of go to the back of the line for jobs again? Yeah. I mean, I guess there's a couple different scenarios. Um, if you walk away from, you know, it's all seniority based. So your schedule, your quality of life, everything is based on how long you've been at that airline. So as soon as you retire from that airline, you're done. I mean, you're starting over somewhere, somehow. And this is why I tell a lot of guys, you know, if you feel like you're ready to retire, start a phased retirement where you just kind of pull back the throttles a little bit and work less of a schedule or work half a schedule. Because once you pull the trigger, it's over. And then in the pilot world also, if you're not prepared for retirement, I mean, the mandatory retirement age used to be 60. It's now 65. So you cannot work past 65. I think they're going to bump it up to 67, but but the reality is once you get to that age, you have to retire and you don't have any other options. Now, there's some, you know, not a uh, major carrier, some of the flying jobs you can do on the side, but you want to talk about a brutal lifestyle, especially when you're 66, 67 years old and the amount of pay that you'd get to do it compared to what you were doing after being at a major airline, it's it's probably not worth your health or your body to do something like that. That's a great point then that there's uh, it's not like other jobs where you could keep working to 70 and, and you know, even even later if you wanted to, they they force you out at some point. And so, yeah, once you're so if you then retiring earlier, uh, remember that then it's difficult. But I guess that is the silver lining. You can pull back on the throttle. Like you said, that's the great benefit of this particular industry in this job. For most people, I would imagine you don't have to just say, OK, I'm gone like a lot of companies may not allow you to drop to part-time or, you know, to slowly decrease your hours. That's a benefit that a lot of pilots have is to be able to do that. And in and, and that industry, that's sort of a positive. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, it's kind of, kind of interesting because I have a lot of other clients that aren't pilots and they, you know, they're in their forties, we'll say, and they just want to have a, a career move or, you know, I have former NFL football players whose bodies are all beat up and they're, trying to figure out what they're going to do with the rest of their lives. And one of the things I constantly bring up is what's sustainable. 
you know, like in the airline industry, you have to have your health because if you can't pass a FAA physical every six months, you can't fly. And I also think about that on the outside world because you, do, you, you don't want to be 60 or 65 years old on your knees laying tile or running wires and electrician. It's not a sustainable job that you can do, you know, into your elderly years, especially if you have some uh, bodily injuries from playing football. So what kind of career field sustainable that you can handle and continue to do as you become more and more senior? Well, you know, you kind of touched on the forced retirement age there at 65 used to be 60 for for pilots. Maybe they'll raise it up a little bit in the future. There was a recent CNBC article that explored how retiring at age 65 could indeed be a thing of the past, not only in the U.S., but globally. And uh, more and more workers, you know, outside the, the you know flying industry are saying that they plan to work past 65. Many with that comment of they'll never retire just because they like working so much in many cases, not just from the financial perspective. And so uh, I thought it'd be funny to, you know, kind of look at what other countries are doing uh, with retirement ages already. So the Netherlands, France and Spain are all moving toward higher ages. But it's not coming without pushback. You know, France has seen uh, protests. It's been in the news over talks of raising the pension system age uh, to 64 from 62 years old. And kind of interesting to see that that be the case. Do you uh, see that mentality with some of your your clients, whether it be on the football side or the on the flying side of things where they're kind of, uh, you know, looking at those retirement ages? Are they wanting to push it to 65 or are folks still trying to retire maybe a little bit earlier in life? Well, the numbers all show that that's the reality is people are going to be or going to have to be working later in life or people say that they're going to never retire. And sadly, the numbers show that people stop working much earlier than they anticipated, but it's normally not by choice. Hmm. It's because they lost their job. It's because health reasons, you know, things like that. So when they look at their financial plan and their goals for retirement, they're looking at it assuming that they can work forever or work, you know, till full retirement age. And the numbers just show that, that it, the people can't, and it's normally not in their, it's out of their control. How much of a difference does it usually make though, Ryan, if somebody retires at 62 versus 65? I mean, do those extra three years in many cases make a, a huge difference for somebody's life? They actually make a massive difference and it's two-sided. Um, number one, Every year that you work, you know, let's say beyond 62, not only are you bringing that income home, there's some money still coming in, but you're also still contributing to that 401k or 403b plan. So you're actually, rather than draining that retirement uh, account, you're actually still contributing to it and still bringing that income home. So you're building the retirement account more, bringing the income home. So on both sides of the equation, you're extending your retirement assets. And then, oh, by the way, from the social security standpoint, if you were to take it at 62, you'd have a, re- a reduced benefit. So if you you know can extend it from 62 to 65 and then get the full benefit, you're also building up that social security piece to the puzzle as well. So a year or two, it really does have a, a massive, massive difference. And if you're looking at an individual that wants to retire early, that wants to retire at 60, that's fine. And hopefully they're ready for it. But it's a a much, much different picture than if they worked a few years more. And so it kind of really comes back to what kind of lifestyle do you want to live in retirement? I mean, do you want to be on a fixed budget or do you want to work a couple more years and then maybe have 
you know, the ability to travel a little bit more and do some of the things that you have said that, you know, you're waiting to do in retirement? Lots of considerations. We've got to weigh them all certainly carefully as we approach retirement and uh, get not only toward it, but through retirement as well. Got to make sure that these things are addressed and that you've got a good plan in place. That's certainly the common thread, right, Ryan? A plan in place helps answer a lot of these question marks that are out there for folks. Well, absolutely. And what I'd like to attack on another show is there's a lot of emotional issues that you need to attack going into retirement as well. Because it's not like, hey, you know, you worked your whole career and all of a sudden you take one more step and you're in retirement. You know, there's a lot of uh, psychological and emotional walls that you have to get over and accepting your new life and figuring out how your new day is going to be and and self-worth and a lot of other issues concerning that that I think would be nice to go into in in a, a future show. I think that'd be fantastic because, uh, yeah, pilots kind of have a double change at retirement compared to maybe just, you know, the, the folks with what I would define as a normal job, right? You know, just sort of a, a a Monday through Friday, you know, drive 30 minutes to the office kind of kind of job. Everybody is going to have that emotional piece where you've got to make that adjustment, you know, the self-worth element and, and your purpose in life changes, all of those kinds of things. But you guys also then go through a massive schedule change that can be kind of very you know shocking to the system i would imagine in many ways so you've kind of got two different things that sort of hit you at retirement that you've got to be able to address so yeah that'll make a great future show we will add that to the list of topics for us to address here on the pilots advisor Uh, if you need any help with putting together your own financial plan analyzing some of the different benefits that are in your package uh, ryan certainly specializes in all of those different benefit plans and all the different uh, investment options that are out there for pilots through all the major carriers. He can help take a look at your plan overall uh, and make sure that you are well set for retirement. He can get a uh, complimentary review pulled together for you as well. Just call or text to get in touch, 843-475-3038. That's 843-475-3038. Or go online to FlemingFG.com. That's FlemingFG.com to get in touch through the website and check out lots of great resources and listen to past episodes of the podcast all there on the website, FlemingFG.com, your place to go. Ryan, thanks for the help on the show today. Enjoyed this one, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you soon. Take care, Walter, and uh, fix that radio voice, buddy. <laughs> you got it. We're going to get the uh, get the wrench out and start fine-tuning it here, okay? We're, we're almost there. We're almost there. <laughs> got to get it gassed up and ready to go again. We appreciate it. For Ryan Fleming, I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you again soon here on The Pilot's Advisor. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.